From the Mitchell Center to Coleman Coliseum, the Bartow and Trojan Arenas. From Veterans Memorial Stadium to Legion Field to Hancock-Whitney Stadium. With a combined 75 years of experience in the sports radio world, these guys have spent their professional lives roaming the stadiums and arenas that host your favorite teams. And now, they invite you to join them inside the press box. Get ready for Chris Stewart. Throws it out. Norris left alone. Corner three. Red smoking hot. J.D. Byers. Three-step drop. Steps up. Looks. Swatted down. Set. Down he goes. Mike Grace. Curveball right back up the middle. They'll wave out and around third base. Slides in. The dogs have won it. And the broadcasters, journalists, coaches, and game changers making today's news. They're all here inside the Press Box. Welcome to the Press Box Podcast. For my partners, Chris Stewart and J.D. Byers, I'm Mike Grace. What you're about to hear is just a slice of our Press Box radio show, Heard on great stations across Alabama and online 24-7 at PressBoxRadio.com. The show is our way of sharing with you the access we enjoy to a group of friends and colleagues who, like us, have the honor of working with and around the teams and the sports we all love. Today's friend is John T. Edge. Now, if you know John T., you have to call him just that. It's John T. Now, John T. can be described in a variety of ways, but mostly... He writes about the American South, and he's one of the creative geniuses behind the SEC Network's True South program. Quite simply, he is one of us, and you'll hear that as John T. Edge joins us inside the press box. Happy to be here, y'all. Happy to be here. John T., you you live in Oxford, is that right? I do, I do, right off the square. Oh, great man. episode when you guys were coming back from uh, COVID-19. Uh, you were, were you with Wright Thompson, or was it Tim? Uh, you guys no, were like on right, the front porch. Right. It was about four blocks north of the square, and I live about four blocks south of the square. And, uh, you know, that's our cocktail spot on my front porch, especially during COVID. I would imagine that on a spring or early fall, there is no place on the planet you'd rather be than that porch. Having been in Oxford, uh, I love the square. It's one of my favorite trips. I try to I try to stay right there on the square, right off of it when I go, and and we're there for a weekend or for a day. But for people that haven't been, they don't understand just how great that little area is. It's. I mean, we live on a really narrow street that that might as well be an alley um, south of the square, and. When we bought the house, my wife and I bought the house the same month we married in 1999. And we bought it because we knew as we grew older, we'd keep walking to the square and keep walking to the square. And, you know, sometimes we'll make a cocktail and um, go sit up on the benches. That might be illegal, but, you know, what the hell? Um, We'll go sit up on the benches on the courthouse square and just watch the world swirl around us, whether it's a football game weekend or just a random Friday. It's a little too cold to do that right now, but. When the spring comes, that's the first thing I want to do. John T. Edge, uh, buddy's called him John T., and he's in Oxford, but uh, he and Wright Thompson, uh, the director, uh, Tim Horgan, and just a great team with a mission about, you know, uh, communicating the region's past and present 
through food and restaurants, usually two per town. A new episode broke and hit the, the air on the SEC Network Sunday night. If you missed it, you'll be able to get it another way, but you missed a dandy. Uh, Phoenix City, Alabama, and Columbus, Georgia, and the line there. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. Uh, let, let, right out of the gate, I want to give kudos. Uh, John T., you guys have a great program, but uh, Yellowwood, uh, Great Southern Wood, and Jimmy Rain, number one, uh, thanks for supporting something like this yeah. and underwriting, but, uh, you know, that, that, that it's great programming for the SEC Network. It's great advertising for them. But to understand our culture needs stuff like this because uh, electronic media is our conversation with each other. And you guys have reflected that so well in telling some stories about Southern roots, uh, both both past and present. And, and I just applaud you and, of course, the uh, support from Yellowwood. I, I'm really so thankful. Um, the notion that the SEC Network and Yellowwood – saw value in what, you know, it's an experiment to do a food show on a sports network. Doesn't make sense to some people, but we got to prove the value of it. And I think the audience response to it has been so strong. So thankful. Uh, John T when you tell the stories, I know somebody tuning in right now going, why in the world are they doing this on a sports show? But it's got the sports tie. And I know for me, the prime example of that, was your visit to the Bright Star in Bessemer. Yeah. Because for people that don't know the story, when Coach Bryant would come to Birmingham, he made sure he stopped there all the time. He's got he there is a booth that was his that is decorated, named in his honor. And the folks there are kind enough on a kit when it's available, because there are other people that request it. When it's available, I've taken friends there. And say, hey, we're going to sit in Coach Bryant's booth. There's one now for the Sabins. Nate Oates doesn't go to Birmingham anymore without stopping at the Bright Star. But those are the type stories in the sports-related tie-ins that you tell with your different shows. Yeah, and it's – I mean, the Bright Star is a great example because you don't have to, you know, make sports the focus of the show um, – sports already is the focus. Like it's embedded in every show we do. Um, you don't have to go looking for it or signal to the reader. Here comes the sports. Um, it's there. And, you know, to walk in that restaurant, to walk in the bright star, you can feel the presence of Bear Bryant, not only in the pictures on the walls, but in the stories that the Koikis brothers told about Bryant, like easily, quickly, um, admiring, admirably. The uh, other other episodes, uh, Birmingham, of course, Bright Star and Johnny's Restaurant in Homewood, uh, great episode in Hodgenville, uh, Memphis. You guys uh, were were focusing on on Orange Mound and the tamales. That I had no idea that that was uh, a southern thing, uh, and and the way they were made, the differences. Yeah. Uh, then New Orleans, you know, because there's things that you kind of know as a southerner that are going to be revealed that are common sense, but then you peel back layers. And I want to obviously we have time. And we will get into the Phoenix City episode. But, you know, the New Orleans episode, something that you educated me on, and I'm down there all the time, is the influence of the Italians. But because of tourism and popularity and French, everything down there is named French, uh, is the Italians helped build that city. I mean, the, you know, the story that's typically told, as you mentioned, is that New Orleans is a French town. Um, and then as we learn more about New Orleans, we learn uh, 
how much of a West African town it is. Um, but the hidden story is the ways in which Sicilian immigrants shaped that place and more largely Italian immigrants shaped that place. And if you look closely at menus, when you go to what you think is like your favorite soul food restaurant, like why are meatballs and spaghetti on special on Thursday? If you go to your favorite seafood joint or po'boy joint, you know, why is panne veal on the menu? Like, that's because of this influence, which is deep and profound and in many ways tragic. I mean, one of the things we concentrate on that in that show, it ends with this horrific mass lynching of Sicilians, um, you know, who were deemed a threat, who were deemed, you know, a pestilence in that era. Um, you know, it's a part of the fabric of New Orleans. And we were really proud to get to tell that story. John T. Edge, True South our guest here inside the press box and tell us how we wound up with true South on the air and, and a part of the SEC network, which again was a great concept. So much was done before the pandemic, but it, to me, it was perfect programming during that stretch. Yeah. So you're asking about how the story, how the show itself began. Correct. Um, it, it began over burgers and fries at Handy Andy in Oxford, just off the square, with Wright and myself um, hunkered in a booth at lunch talking about the ways in which we think, you know, this is kind of egotistical, but the ways in which we think a lot of shows get the South wrong. They dwell in stereotype. Um, they dismiss the South or they celebrate it too loudly and they're not critical enough. Like if you live in the South, you both love this place and you want more out of this place. So you do both. You, you celebrate this place and you criticize it. And to get it right, you got to do both. So we sat there eating burgers and talked about what a show might do. Um, and luckily at that time, um, Ross Bjork was our athletic director at the University of Mississippi. And he introduced me to Ross Rosalind Bentley, um, excuse me, Rosalind Durant. I got two friends named Roz. Um, and uh, Rosalind Durant, at that point, head of the SEC network, saw the possibilities here and saw that, you know, believers in a restaurant um, build a kind of tribe. You know, if you belong to a restaurant, you're a part of a tribe in the same way if you believe in a team, if you support a team, you're a part of a tribe. And she saw the connectivity and crossover. Um, and we went from there. Um, well, in the same way, you know, you talk about the connectivity. I, one of the things that I miss this year about our travel yeah, is going to these towns, eating at these places yeah. that are, I mean, when, when our crew for basketball in football as well, but for basketball, especially when we go to Fayetteville, Arkansas, we're going to Herman's. Yep. I we're, love getting Herman's. At, we're getting at least one meal at Herman's so much so that we've got the owner's phone number in our <laughs> cell phones and we're texting them. Hey, the plane may be late. Here's our order. Yep. We're going to be there at nine <laughs> 15. I know you stop at nine, but they got it ready for us. And wow. it's look, it's, it's not a Taj Mahal. In fact, it's a hole in the wall. But it's our, it's their hole in the wall in Fayetteville, and it's become ours when we make the trip there. And I think for so many people, tailgating is a part of it, 
but that meal at that established place the night before that is unique to that town is what we all enjoy so much and what we miss during this time of the pandemic. Yeah. It becomes like this situational clubhouse, like in each town, we have a place we want to gather with friends and make new friends. And those places are like, they're almost like bunkers, you know, and all the other stuff goes away and you're bunkered in with your friends and you get your footing and you're ready to go out in the world. It's true South presented by Yellowwood and John T edge is with us. He is the host and the narrator. Uh, the director is uh, Tim Horgan and uh, Wright Thompson is the producer. We'll get, I want to just lead into you and let you talk about Phoenix City and Columbus, Georgia. Uh, the two you tie together. I didn't think the hot dog lady was ever going to talk to you or open up. <laughs> <laughs> she, she seemed a little like, why are you here? But uh, talk about that. But then, if you don't mind starting the conversation, how long are you in each town to pull this off? Because we get 30 minutes, and I thought, man, I wish that was an hour, but it's 30 minutes. How long do you guys take to actually get that on uh, tape before you go back and, and, and edit and produce? This year was different because of COVID. Um, we took one week-long trip, um, about six-day trip, through the South to get most of the primary stuff, to get me on camera and the like. Um, and then we sent a crew back. We were in a rock and roll tour bus for that first run because we wanted to sleep on the bus, not sleep in hotels. We wanted to be as careful as we can. We tested in and out for COVID. Um, and then our crew returned to pick up B-roll and the like. So this was different. On average, about three or four days um, in a town. And on average, we're getting about 20 hours of footage to edit down to 30 minutes. And, and tell us about Phoenix City. And of course, you yeah, started yeah, because yeah, yeah. of the, uh, the, the base, the uh, military in Columbus. Yeah, yeah. I grew up about an hour from Columbus. So I knew hot dogs in that neck of the woods in the Chattahoochee River Valley. I was Half obsessed with hot dogs in that area of the, of the world. Um, so I wanted to make a show about hot dogs. Um, I have been wanting to make a show about hot dogs for like three years. And finally, we found a way when a friend named Fred Fussell, who shows up in the show, he's the guy who recites the song at the end of the show. Um, Fred told me about a Jamaican restaurant that he loved um, loves Rose's Caribbean. You meet Rose on the show. Um, and I realized is right now we're putting the possible show together that those were, those restaurants reflected the two engines of those places, like the old mills in Phoenix city. If you worked in a mill, a hot dog with chili was part of your diet was essential to your diet. And if you worked in the military, a restaurant like Rose's at the back gate of Fort Benning was the meal you relied upon. So the two engines of that economy on each sides of the river reflected in those two restaurants. Like they sustained those places. I want to, we're about to have to wrap here in a minute, but you know, John T edge is with us. His program is true South. John T. I grew up, uh, around the house. There was Southern living on the coffee table. Uh, I was a Lewis Grizzard fan from early ages, read him in the newspaper. I think he is still the most read Southern columnist of all time because now that, Newspaper business is getting splintered. John Archibald is kind of carrying his torch in a way. So this is the kind of programming I have longed for. Uh, this is meaningful television uh, in a mini documentary style going from town to town. And I just applaud you and your staff, uh, your sponsor, Yellowwood, and what you're doing on the SEC Network. How can people go back and watch former episodes and catch up perhaps? Um, that's a good question. 
Um, there was a marathon yesterday, um, and I hope people set their VCRs. Um, the current season is streaming on ESPN+. Plus. We're trying to figure out the best way to share previous seasons. Uh, for now, um, set your VCR, set your recorder. ESPN Plus is great. Uh, you know, it's like four ninety nine a month, and you get yep. a ton of programming, UCF, and I'm sorry, Ultimate Fighting, UFC, and uh, all these great college programming as well. Uh, John T. Edge, True South on the SEC Network. Great program. We encourage you to follow it as well. They've even got hats. If you want to go online, there is a True <laughs> South right. hat with a chicken leg. For, forget the hat. I want the shirt, the pot liquor. liquor shirt that he's got on where where liquor is misspelled, and that's the best part of the whole, the whole shirt. But let me just tell you, John T., any day that we can talk bright star and in reference something that makes me think of the phrase don't bend over in the garden granny you know them taters got eyes shoot low boys they're riding shetlands Shetland ponies that anytime that dog could bite you anytime i think of those lewis grizzard phrases you've made it a good day so thank you for being all with us Y'all were generous, and I enjoyed the conversation. I really appreciate the attention for the show, too. Thank there there, there thank are you, John a T. number of reasons I hate to see John T. go, but maybe the biggest one is the uh, the collective intelligence quotient of this show is about to go way, way down when John T. leaves us here. Hey, John T., what about uh, – is, is that your most recent book uh, still, the, uh, the the Pot Liquor Papers? What, you, what are you working on right now? Yeah. Yeah, um, that is my most recent book, The Pot Liquor Papers. Um, I'm working on a book now about my love affair with restaurants across the South. And uh, it's percolating. It's getting close. John, hey, if you T- need a gaffer, yeah. I'm your guy. <laughs> you got it. John T. I don't, I, don't, I don't even know what that job is, but I'll do it. Yeah, whatever it is. JohnTEdge.com. Again, you can read more about that. You still doing a podcast, John T? I know one time you were you were doing that, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gravy podcast comes out every two weeks, um, and uh, you can get it anywhere. You can get a get a uh, podcast. It's from the Southern Foodways Alliance, the organization I direct when I'm not yammering on the phone with y'all. <laughs> well, man, do you here. spell gravy wrong too, or to, how do we spell it to go find it? Is it G R A B E Y? Yeah, G R A V Y. Okay. It's the name of our. It's, it's the name of our journal we publish, and also it's the name of a podcaster. They're twinned. John T. Edge, writer, commentator, host, writer, producer of the SEC Network's True South program and our guest inside the Press Box. To find our daily radio show, just visit PressBoxRadio.com. Check the affiliates page there to find the station nearest you, the episodes page to hear the show on demand, or simply press the listen button to hear the Press Box anytime, 24-7. On social media, we're PressBoxRadio1. That's PressBoxRadio and the number one. And we'd love to hear from you. So shoot us an email anytime at theguys at pressboxradio.com. Simply theguys at pressboxradio.com. Until next time, for my partners Chris Stewart and J.D. Byers, I'm Mike Grace. Thank you for joining us here inside the Press Box.